Everyone in the PS universe, it is time to gather around. Close those curtains, turn off the lights, spark up some candles, put the youngins to bed, get your favorite swerve on. It's time to get down, time to get funky, time for PS After Dark. Let's be good. If not, be good at it. New episode of PSU Got The Mix lands Monday and Friday morning, 8 a.m. If you're heading that way, get into the mix. Good tunes, good times. New episode of the PS After Dark drops Wednesday morning, 8 a.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcasts. Find us on Twitter. See y'all on the other side. Yeah, PS Universe, y'all know what time it is. It's Wednesday. It's PS After Dark with your host, Reverend Fry Daddy. Now, my boys won't be here tonight because I gave them the night off because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an old din- dinosaur, old Gen Xer, if you will. And I want to come out tonight and promote the idea of what I got coming out on Friday and Monday for PSU Got the Mix. And it's the most controversial topic out there, at least when I was a little Reverend Fry Daddy, you know, back, back in the mid-80s. We're talking about the Filthy 15 that was presented by the PMRC. And if you don't know who they are, you can find them all over the internet. But this is something very personal to me. So I wanted to bring it up tonight to show you the idea of why they created the Filthy 15. So tonight, I want to present of these little video clips and have a little conversation about it. And along the way, we might learn something about each other. You never know. And the way the world works, communicate, get to know each other, that kind of deal. Yeah, you all know how we get down here. How about we start off the program with a little segment right here. Motley Crue, Prince, ZZ Top. These are a few of the rock musicians criticized by Tennessee Senator Albert Gore's wife, Tipper. Mrs. Gore has joined forces with state and national PTA members to combat what she considers sexually explicit and violent lyrics. Yeah, see that right there. The news media still use terminology to this day that they did when I was a kid. You see what she said. They joined forces to combat. And I'm like, what? what? There was a war going on? I guess it was. But I guess we were the targets. We were the kids, the youth, the teenagers of the 80s were the targets. And ain't no different than anything else in the world. So y'all check this next one out. And you will see where we're going from here. Remember, like I say, follow the patterns. Recognize them. See what's going on. Let's run this real quick. Our songs about glorifying incest, there's songs about rape, thrill killing, uh, sadomasochism. There's a song that goes, quote, not a woman but a whore, I can taste the hate. Well now I'm killing you, watch your face turning blue, unquote, by a group that has sold two million copies of that particular album. They're very popular with young kids. That right there is Tipper Gore. Her main statement was that they sold millions of copies. And that's why she's upset, basically, because of the lyrics and the subject matter itself. But how about this? You remember back in 1972 when Chuck Berry did that song called My Ding-A-Ling? It went to number one on the U.S. pop charts, number 42 in R&B, number one in the U.K., and stayed top 15 for almost a year. Now, that very same song was a cover song that he did, and he, the original artist was David Bartholomew back in 1952. Now, he also changed record labels and changed the name of the song to Little Girl Sing Tingling. Same lyrics, same subject matter. Then again, covered by Bees in 1954 as Toy Bell. And we all know the song is innuendo for whatever it is. Touching your penis, having a girl touch your penis, jacking off, masturbation, whatever. But at the time, no one really batted an eye except for 
the radio stations. Some radio stations refused to play the song in spite of it having record high sales. See, now I'm okay with public radio stations not wanting to play our music along the way. I had to deal with that all my entire life. Most of the music I listened to, even y'all at the time, you had to go to the store and buy the albums, buy the cassettes. They didn't play it on mainstream radio. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is people trying to tell other parents what their kids can and cannot enjoy, using politics as a weapon. That's where it's no bueno. Let's out keep the ball rolling. Recording studios voluntarily responded to the campaign against heavy metal songs. So that parents can see what their kids are buying, many records now contain sexually explicit warnings on the label. You see, once again, the wordplay they use there. The radio station voluntarily responded and complied. That's a lie. That's a complete lie right there. Because they were pressured by the groups known as the PRMRC and members of the U.S. government. And that'll be coming up later on in the show. Yo, we got that all. We got everything out there. So don't let them ever fool you. The news media are doing the exact same thing right nowadays. They tell you one thing, but they won't tell you the whole truth. They tell you their narrative the whole nine yards. Ain't no different when I was a kid. Now, she did say that they put the label on there. So now you can see what's being purchased and all that. <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you that question real quick. A picture is worth a thousand words. So where does it scream rainbows and unicorns, lollipops and fruit trees on any metal album, any rap album, any pop album? Because you got Madonna laying around and it's half naked in a dress. You got two live crews covered, you know, bitches hanging out, ass hanging out, boobies hanging out. Any metal album, skulls, fires, dragons, demons, Razor blades, saw blades, destruction, death. Anywhere those albums tell you that that's a good thing for kids to have. No, it does not. So you don't need to put a label on there and say, this is, might not be appropriate for your child. But again, let the parents make that choice. Not anybody else. So let's keep this ball going, if you will. The labels merely read parental advisory, explicit lyrics, but area teachers regard that as a major step toward reducing some of the influence the words are having on our youth. Again, the fancy wordplay. But yeah, they slap the label on there to not influence the kids to buy these things, to keep the parents from not buying these things on these kids. But here, <laughs> here's the funny thing, that if the label slapped on there, those record sales skyrocketed through the roof for a lot of albums that had it on there. And the radios, friendly music and folks are out there were so jealous because they were not even close to making those kind of numbers. No one was buying the mainstream media music anymore. It always had to have that label on there. That's what made it more fun, more popular, and more entertaining. So think about that next time someone goes, you can't have that. That's when you actually want it. Now this next lady coming up, oh man, she had me, she had me cracking up. But like I said, this is shit we had to deal with when I was a kid. We give them an unrealistic view of what life is really like, and out in the real true world, people shouldn't be talking like that and, and having those thoughts and feelings. And we feel like one of the major problems with the teen suicide may be listening to those records. And mm. <laughs> Unrealistic view of the really true world. People should not be talking about those things. Should not be feeling those things. Lady, you have no idea. Because sex, drugs, violence, war, government collapse, isolation, anger. No, not at all. The young people don't, don't view the world that way. Yeah, we do. Then and now. Now, according to them, the music, the movies, the books, 
any other entertainment that was out there was leading us to take our own lives. My personal opinion, because I'm a three-time survivor myself, it's like when we feel so lost and, and so dark and so isolated, we don't even know where we fit in this world that we just feel like we don't want to be in it anymore. But these so-called groups use music as a scapegoat because they didn't know how to communicate or connect with their own kids. Someone had to be to blame other than themselves. Boy, I tell you what, <laughs> let's keep it going there. One young ZZ Top fan said he sees no reason for all the fuss. You no, know, it's just words. How well, you know, you want to relate to the words. But Tipper Gore and PTA members say those words cross the line between sensuality and hardcore sexuality that young people should not be exposed to. So yeah, out of the front news press conferences and public speaking and along the way, they use heavy metal as the face of all the degradation. And a lot of regular folks thought, hmm, well... It's, it's only rock and roll. They're not coming after us. So it ain't so bad. But see, that wasn't the case, though. They were attacking everybody, lumping them in with the same categories of being sexual, violent, and dangerous. And that includes rap, R&B, pop, and mainstream media as well. So they compiled a list of artists and songs called the Filthy 15. And we'll peep this real quick and y'all get an idea what I'm talking about. We'll be right back. The Filthy 15 refers to a list of 15 psalms released in the 1980s that were deemed by the Parents Music Resource Center to be explicit, offensive, or containing controversial themes. This initiative was led by a group of prominent Washington wives, including Tipper Gore, wife of Senator Al Gore. They were concerned about the potential impact of explicit content in music on children and teenagers. And that's what Friday and Monday's all about on the PSU Got the Mix, baby. The Filthy 15. I had to break it down to two shows because it's such a long list. So y'all tune in on Friday and Monday and listen to those songs and deem for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I will agree. They're out there. But once again, it's always of their parents to determine if something's good or bad for their kids. Not politicians, not their wives, not the news media. Nobody out there has the right to tell other parents how to raise their kids. Bottom line. They can, they can offer advice. But when you start forming groups and using words like Joint forces and combat. Yeah that, yeah, that shit does not fly at all. Let's think about this real quick. Where did it all begin? I'm going to tell you where it began. Tipper Gore, the wife of Al Gore. Her little daughter was about 10, 11 years old, maybe 12, I don't know. And all her friends got the new Prince album, Purple Rain. And y'all know the movie. Great movie. Great album. Great soundtrack. Yeah, it's got some sexual overtones in there. But that's rock and roll. Rock and roll sells sex. But you know who sells sex also? Advertisers. Beer companies. Clothes companies. Makeup. Perfume. Cars. They use sex to sell you those products to be one of them. To be the pretty people. So music ain't no different. But her idea was she heard the song Darling Nikki by Prince and freaked the fuck out. Because what she did as a parent was she heard mommy 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 i want to get this album can you get it for me mommy go on buy the album let her daughter have it then heard it then went sideways because she realized that oh there's some dirty stuff on there i need to check that out now no you should have checked it out before you even gave it to your daughter should have bought it listened to it find out what was going on but now she calls up all her friends no <laughs> they didn't have text <laughs> and facebook back then you know what i'm saying so she had to get on the actual telephone and call a motherfucker and be like you know what I just heard, blah, 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 blah. So she got together with a bunch of her, her caring friends, cackling circle, whatever you want to call it, and they're all politicians' wives, 
big wigs and all that stuff, and they formed the group, the PMRC, Parents Media Resource Center, just to ban, to censor, to take away everything that we found that we could connect with, because we could connect with our parents, but we found connection with each other. We found connection with the music. We found connection with a lot of entertainment. What nobody there for us, but that was. And they weren't telling us to do anything, but we felt a good, strong pull to our soul with those those kind of things. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so they formed this group because of Prince. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. Oh, you formed this group because you were offended by something and you wanted to make sure that every other parent in the world did not have a right to raise their kids the way they wanted to. That's what happened with there. And yeah, when they said that the radio station voluntarily, y'all remember that shit. That's coming up later on. So let's think about this real quick. The record labels voluntarily responded. <laughs> that's, that's a lie. This is actually a good thing they did all this because this brought together a lot of Gen Xers of all brands and genres and walks of life. You know, the metalheads, the rappers, the goths, the rednecks, the punks, the skaters, even the small rich kids. They all got, we all band together and shit. Because we were fighting each other on so many fronts, so many levels, so many just, you know, who's popular, who's wearing this, who's listening to that, what friend are you with, what group are you with. We fought each other on so many different avenues of being a young person. But yeah, you try to take away our music. Yeah, we banded together. We, we came together. And it was just funny to see that because this is actually was the first time we got together and fought for the ugly truth. Fought to enjoy life as we see it. Little backtrack real quick. Remember when the woman spoke about kids' uh, suicide music? Well, it's funny. Between 1985 and 1995, the rate lowered by 3.7% among males and 4.2% among females. Using that calculation, the height of music that was bad for teenagers was in the mid-80s to the 90s when the suicide rate had actually dropped. Does that mean that the so-called trouble kids found something to connect that helped them want to live? Something to think about there, but they won't tell you that. They won't come out there. They, they want to bash, destroy, and throw everything down. But if you let the green people tell it, though, they needed the enemy to label why them themselves could not connect with their own kids. And they wanted to make sure that everybody listened to them. So they used their powers, their influence to get on the news media, radio stations, Senate hearings, wherever you could to put the message out there, music is bad. We need to control it, label it, censor it, block it, listen to what we think they should listen to. Kind of, you know, it's kind of ironic. We had the youth trying to reach out for communication with their parents. All the while, the parents were communicating with other adults why they cannot connect with their kids. <laughs> Lucky for us, even though we were young, there were a lot of people fighting for us. And the main ones out there were the actual rock and rollers. The ones actually, because they were, they were being put on trial. They were being persecuted. They were being, you know, what's that? Uh, torches and, and pitchforks and everything. They were coming at them like they were Frankenstein and Dracula and shit. They were coming at them like they were the, the devil himself at every turn. At every turn. So they went to government and fought for us. Let's start off with a little... Frank Zappa confronting the man. Damn the man. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, well, I think these hearings uh, should not have been held if we're not considering legislation or regulations at this time. I emphasized earlier that they might follow. I simply want to say to you that I 
suspect that unless the industry, quote, cleans up their act, and I use that end quote word again, uh, there's likely to be legislation. And it seems to me that it would not be too far removed from reality or too offensive to anyone if you could follow the general guidelines, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, that uh, are now in place with regard to the movie industry. Well, I would object to that. I think that, uh, first of all, I believe it was you who asked the question of uh, Mrs. Gore whether there was any other indication on the album as to the contents. And I would say that a buzzsaw blade between a guy's legs on the album covers a good indication that it's not for little Johnny. You know, there are little technical difficulties here. And also you have the problem of having somebody in the position of deciding what's good, what's bad, what's talking about the devil, what's too violent, and, you know, and the rest of that stuff. But the point that I made before is that when you rate the album, you're rating the individual because he takes personal responsibility for the music. I think the actual printing of the uh, content itself is perhaps even better than reading. Let everyone else decide for themselves. I think you should leave it up to the parent because not all parents want to keep their children totally ignorant. I have to agree. And I was the same way. A lot of people say, hey, well, they criticize the way I raised my kids. I didn't raise my kids to go outside and find rainbows and unicorns. I went out with my kids and said, the world is rough. The world is a mean place. We look nasty. But you can make a better place of it. Just be aware, there are a lot of dangers out there. I didn't see my kids to a burning volcano without some armor on. You know what I'm screaming? But I also taught them to have, have compassion. Have love for the fellow person. You know, show that they have a, a growing sensibility of the world around them. And the next one coming up is funny. Because I've had conversations over the past half century. And I have always claimed to be a metalhead, hip-hopper. Influence of the 1980s. Metal, rock, rap, R&B, you know, skater, punk, whatever was out there. I was influenced of all that stuff. And I've had arguments with folks about John Denver. And you will never hear me say a bad word about John Denver. Because he fought on so many fronts that it's fucking uncrazy. But yeah, he went to bat for us. Because he himself was a target of the same situation. And yeah, you were thinking... Why is John Denver being lumped in with the metalheads and the R&B and the rap and everything? Because someone took his music, interpreted it to be how they wanted it to be, and turned it into a bad thing. But that's not what it was. Like I said, someone heard something, thought what they wanted to hear, called their friends up, and said, Oh, this is another one we need to get rid of or censor. So we're going to let John Denver speak for the situation. We'll be right back. Thank you very much for being with us. Please Good morning, proceed. Mr. Chairman. It's a, it's a great pleasure to be with you, and I apologize for running in and out. I seem to be testifying and briefing uh, many people here in Capitol Hill today, and it uh, causes uh, the ingoing and outgoing. Now, what he meant right there was because John Denver was actually a political activist for the Native Americans. He worked on a few tribal councils, working with lawyers, activists, and everything to get them money, housing, medication, schooling, education, everything like that. So he was on the side of trying to help the Native Americans. So he was always in Congress or in front of Senate, politicians and everything, fighting for those rights, scrambling for those, scratching for those people because he was one of them. He was, yeah, just a good dude all around. So let's, like I said, but he also went to bat for us. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking awesome. So let's ride this real quick. Honorable Chairman, members of the committee, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great honor and a privilege to, be, 
to appear before you this morning and to take advantage of the opportunity given me in our free society to speak my mind, to give voice to my opinions in a public forum in front of not only the leadership of our great country, but the press and the media, and through them all who might be listening around our country and around the world. I'm here to address the issue of a possible rating system in the recording industry, labeling records where excesses of explicit sex or graphic violence have occurred, and furthermore, references to drugs and alcohol or the occult are included in the lyrics. These hearings have been called to determine whether or not the government should intervene to enforce this practice. Mr. Chairman, this would approach censorship. May I be very clear that I am strongly opposed to censorship of any kind in our society or anywhere else in the world. I don't believe that we were using the name of our Lord in vain. Quite the opposite, we were making a small effort to spread his message that we are here for each other and not against each other. Discipline and self-restraint when practiced by an individual, a family, or a company is an effective way to deal with this issue. The same thing when forced on a people by their government, or worse, by a self-appointed watchdog of public morals, is suppression and will not be tolerated in a democratic society. Mr. Chairman, the suppression of a people or of a society begins, in my mind, with the censorship of the written or spoken word. In a mature and incredibly diverse society such as ours, the access to all perspectives of an issue becomes more and more important. Those things which in our experience are undesirable generally prove to be unfurthering and sooner or later become boring. That process cannot and should not be stifled. That which is denied becomes that which is most desired, and that which is hidden becomes that which is most interesting. Consequently, a great deal of time and energy is spent trying to get at what is being kept from you. Our children, our people, our society, and the world cannot afford this waste. The problem, Mr. Chairman, in my opinion, has to do with our willingness as parents to take responsibility for the upbringing of our children, to pay attention to their interest, to respond to their needs, and to recognize that we as parents and as individuals have a greater influence on our children and on each other than anything else could possibly have. To quote a wise old man from ancient China, if there be righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in the character. If there be beauty in the character, there will be harmony in the home. If there be harmony in the home, there will be order in the nation. And if there be order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. I thank you very much. John, Mr. Thank Chairman, if I may, excuse me, add a couple of personal words. Well, I'm a father of two children, both adopted. I have a lot of friends in the music business, uh, other rock performers who have children also. And all of them, including myself, we have a great concern for our children. That's, that's why I'm here today. In my experience, sir, all over the world, one of the most interesting things about the music that, that young people are listening to is it gives us, as adults, a very clear insight as to what is going on in their minds. We can know what they're thinking by listening to the music that they uh, surround themselves with. The people that I've had the opportunity to talk with, the troubled children, what they express to me is a real frustration in their lives, an inability to communicate with their parents, an inability to understand or to envision any kind of a possible future because of the nuclear threat that we live under. They don't see things getting better economically. 
They don't see things getting better for the small businessman, for the small farmer. They do not see a future for themselves. We can turn this around, sir. We can address the reality of a problem and not deal with just the symptoms and create not only a better world for our children, but for ourselves and all of humanity. We can end hunger. We can rid the world of nuclear weapons. We can learn to live together as human beings on a planet that travels through the universe, living the example of peace and harmony among all people. Like I said, that's why I'll never say a bad word about John Denver because I agree with a lot of things he says. We'll get to that in a second. Think about that. Something he said in there. That which is denied becomes more desirable. That which is hidden becomes interesting. That goes back to like what I said earlier. Slap a label on it and record sales soared through the roof. Music and songs presented an unrealistic view of the really true world and should not be saying those things. Remember she said that? Remember that lady said those things? Lady, we see these things around us. We live these things. We are these things. Music doesn't teach us these things. They're expressing how they see these things and we find a connection. I hear a lot of the same talks nowadays from parents and kids and everything. I don't know how to talk to my kids. It's easy. You talk to them and not at them. Now, back to like John Deber, like I said, I never really bought into or sold the idea that, you know, we are the world, let's make a better place. It's a great message, but for me, that's just not reality. I'm just here to do what I can to live in a decent life and for those around me. How many times have I said it? You cannot love everyone. It's, it's, it's physically and mentally impossible to love everyone and everything. Not even yourself most times. It's okay to feel angry, frustrated, hate, rage. Just don't act on it. Recognize all your emotions, all your feelings. Embrace them all, even the negative ones. It's who we are. In my opinion, you want to bring us together and unite us? We got to stop looking to our government leaders influencers media as our voice they don't speak for us they speak at us we got one more to go but like i said because psu got the mix we're focusing on the 50 15 on that list and the main one on there that's on there is twisted sister Dean snyder himself yeah he got called into congress to speak on the matter of the same topic so let's ride with d's got its name and we'll be right back Somebody approached our office that they want the Senate committee is having a hearing on censorship with the PMRC and wanted to know if I would come and speak. Now, my view of it when I heard it was they want me to carry the flag into battle. Hell yeah. Braveheart, baby. Braveheart wasn't even out, but that sort of mentality. Give me the fucking flag, man. Let's go. I knew that they were, like everybody else, grossly underestimating me. I knew that they viewed me as just another dunderheaded rocker, and they would bring me in, make me look like a fool, and I would help their cause. They did not know that I could construct a sentence and speak English fluently. And I'm there in my cut-off denim, my skin-tight jeans, my snakeskin boots, and a little bit of eye makeup left underneath, and my big hair. And I ain't getting dressed up for nobody. I'm a dirtbag, and I'm proud. And I play in these people like, you know, I mean, I've been, you know, mentally I'm setting these guys up for the kill. I have got my speech in my back pocket, which I have worked on for a few weeks and honed and refined till it's a freaking nuclear weapon. Folded up like a gazillion times like a bad kid bringing his homework to school. You know, when I open it up and I'm flattening it out on the table, really delivered. And they're going, oh man, this guy, this is a lamb being 
brought to the slaughter. And I start reading. Since I seem to be the only person addressing this committee today who has been a direct target of accusations from the presumably responsible PMRC, I would like to use this occasion to speak on a more personal note and show just how unfair the whole concept of lyrical interpretation and judgment can be and how many times this can amount to little more than character assassination. Now, it's hard to actually paint that picture, but there's a bunch of videos up there on YouTube. You can find them everywhere of Dee Snyder speaking out in the Senate hearing for the PMRC. And like I said, he walks in, he's got his hair. It's not all done up, but it's like, you know, just big hair, T-shirt, jeans, sunglasses. Looks like a regular degenerate. And that's what they thought he was. They had no idea he could speak intelligently, form a thought, have his own opinion. And so he, he played the game all the way through. Piece of paper was rolled. It was almost like it was crumpled up. He's like fighting it out and it was like playing a game. They're thinking, yep, yeah, here's the chump. But they had no idea because when he spoke, he put everybody in their place. <laughs> and remember at the beginning, we talked about Frank Zappa when he was talking to the guy. He actually went on Crossfire in 1989, had a conversation with one of the anchors or the interviewer, if you will. It's what he had to say. I love it. We'll be right back. Would you look at the camera and tell him? Which that, camera? That, any camera. <laughs> and right, tell him? Directing the show? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you certainly need some direction, Mr. Zappa. Well, spank me here. Come on. What are you, are you into that, too? Huh? No, I'm not into spanking. I love it when you're yeah, froth like that. Sure. Now, would you tell our viewers that what the founding fathers I thought wrote? he was going to be the one frothing today. I'm glad that you're you know. Wrong again, Frank. Wrong again. Now, got a napkin would, for would you, you tell you us? Roll. Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, would you look in the camera and tell him with a straight face that <laughs> yeah. you think the founding fathers had in mind the kind of garbage you sing and write when they drafted the Fifth Amendment. Do you really believe that, Mr. Zappa? I don't think it applies. The Founding Fathers, one thing, kept slaves. And take a look at what Benjamin mm -hmm. Franklin used to do over at the Hellfire Club. But you have repeatedly... Not exactly you have a bunch of swell guys. I, I think they had some good in mind. But we have a document, the letter of the law. Yeah. Let's use the letter of the law and interpret... Well, but, but, but wait, a minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute, it is yeah. relevant because you have repeatedly, in opposing even ratings for rock music, you have repeatedly cited the Constitution and the First Amendment. Do you think the Founding Fathers really had the First Amendment, that they gave us the First Amendment to defend songs that glorify Satanism and incest and suicide? You Absolutely. That? You really believe that? Yeah, I believe it. Oh, you're an idiot then. Yeah? You're an idiot. Mr. Mr. Tell you what, kiss my How do you like that? When you throw it back in their face that we have rights in this world, well, at least in America, and the First Amendment is right up there for freedom of speech. When you throw it back in their face, they want to try to tear you down. And Frank Zappa pointed straight out to him. You, you think I'm an idiot? Well, kiss my ass. <laughs> and of course, they had to bleep it out. <laughs> like I said, tonight was all about promoting Friday and Monday for PS. You got the mix because the Filthy 15 list is a great list of songs. Y'all come check us out. Here's the song. Love y'all. Now, I, I want to share a thought before we get up out of here. I want to tell all the boys who came to the yard for the milkshake. The anacondas that love the buns. And of course, your necks, your backs, and your wet-ass pussy. Thank you for keeping the fight going. They joined forces to combat us like it was a war. Maybe it was. Even though we didn't start the fire, we kept it burning. And we are so grateful that y'all kept the world turning. Be the best you. Be the worst you. But be you for you. We are the broken, we are the damaged, we are the inflicted. Yet we are fortunate. Why? Because we are here and we are alive. Be good, if not be good at it. Catch us on Friday and Monday. 
Love y'all, man. Love everybody out there.